have no fear. Don't feel like you have to fit in. Don't feel like you have to um, watch others and say, okay, I've got to mold myself to be like that. Hello, High Achiever. Welcome to the Inside Job Journey podcast. I'm Tiana, a certified professional coach. I work with highly effective and driven people that are always striving for more, helping them define what that more is and learning what they really want. In this podcast, I want to bring you on a discovery journey where you can learn more about what's driving you to never settle. Hello, High Achiever. Welcome to another episode of the Inside Job Journey podcast. Today with me, I have Katie Scala, a former healthcare executive, a board director, and all-around transformational leader. I think that her work as a leader in transformational change has inspired so many people to really go on a journey of improvement. So welcome, Katty. Thank you, Tiana. It's so glad to be here. So glad to have you. It's been a while since we talked, and I'm just so glad to have you here. And maybe what we can start, and maybe you can do a little inter- introduction of your journey so far. Sure, I'd be happy to. And you know, when I when I go on this topic, I I tend to start at the very beginning just to give people context of how much change I've actually had in my career. So I uh, grew up in Illinois in in the States. I went to school in South Carolina, which is probably, you know, it's, it's a good 12 hour drive south of where I grew up. Um, Very different culture, even though it's all in the United States, there's different cultures in the States. And so Um, When I graduated, I graduated and moved to an architectural firm, and I started doing architectural work in hospitals and hotels and a lot of commercial um, buildings. And after a while, um, we started getting into computer-aided design, or what was called CAD, and I know this dates me, but that was way before computers were um, even a thing, if you will. And so I realized my first aha moment was that I realized I was a lot more logical brain than I was creative. And so I moved careers and then went into working for this kid company that we had been using, moved back to Chicago um, and started working with that computer design with a lot of really large companies, consulting and training and, and doing various things with the software, which then led me to um, working at Abbott Healthcare, um, which is a large healthcare company global in their IT department. And I moved away from CAD to uh, just pure IT. And people are like, yeah, but IT is so technical. How can you do that? And I was always this bridge between what was technical people and what was the customers of the software and what they wanted and needed. And even though I didn't have the technical experience, I could kind of speak both languages and help be that bridge. 
And so I worked in IT for several, probably 10 years um, with Abbott and then with a, another um, healthcare company that's now Pfizer and then ultimately with Baxter. Um, and I moved through my career in several journeys, but part of what I was doing in that situation was leading very large scale IT programs to implement. And there had there was a lot of change management that needed to be done because people hate working on systems where they don't know what they're doing and they used to know yesterday and everything has changed. So once I moved into that um, and my IT career kind of came to an end with a job elimination that there were two VPs of IT and they didn't need to, um, I, I changed again. And so I was asked to do mergers and acquisitions and leading those programs, which were, again, very large scale programs, a lot of change, meeting people throughout the global environment. One of the companies we purchased was based out of Sweden. So I transferred, um, well, I didn't transfer, I traveled there quite a bit. And then once I got, you know, pretty good at doing all that, I moved again. <laughs> so all of these career changes have led me to believe that if you're open to new possibilities and you see what your transferable skills are, and it is something that you totally enjoy, you can make these changes. And it keeps you learning, it keeps you excited, motivated, engaged, and really you're helping others as well. So many gems in just so little time. Uh, there are a couple of things that I wanted to uh, maybe go deeper into. You, you mentioned change as something that has been part of all your career. And I'm just wondering, did you always have this thing for change or is it something that you started at some point to see it's getting easier or it was always easy for you? No, that's an interesting question because early, very early on in my career, a lot of the feedback that I got, particularly um, with IT and working for a large, large company was that I, you know, was I was too structured and I was too like, and I was kind of a perfectionist. And so I wanted things to always be right. I wanted them to be on time. I wanted this, I wanted that. I thought I was doing it for the good of the company, but people said, you're, you're turning people off and you know, you, you, you aren't, you aren't, that's not who you are, but that's how you come across. So I had to do a lot of, self-reflection to understand why was this disconnect between the way I thought I was acting and the way everybody perceived me to be. And I realized that I needed to be more um, open to how people were responding to me and me actually listening to them. And I learned so much more by listening to them as opposed to telling them how they should do things, that it really changed my whole outlook on not only how I interacted with other people, but how I improved my own self. 
And so you mentioned a lot of self-reflection. What were some of the key learnings that you did about yourself early on? And what are the most recent? Because I think we never stop to, to evolve and to learn things about ourselves and discover ourselves. No, you're right. That is true. And, and people, I think people think, um, okay, I've had enough self-reflection. I've had enough feedback. I'm good. Check. You know, let me keep moving in the direction I've been moving. And um, I, I'm going to kind of go with your last part of the question, which is what is some of the most recent learnings that I've had on, on this self-reflective journey, which I, I will say, and unfortunately, I wish that I could have learned this a lot earlier in my career. Um, but and I, I like this is my thing to tell people because I want everybody to learn it earlier than I did, which is have no fear. Have no fear. Don't feel like you have to fit in. Don't feel like you have to um, watch others and say, okay, I've got to mold myself to be like that. Don't feel like you can't say what you really think. Don't be afraid to be authentic. Once, you know, what's so funny is once I lost my fear, my career, in my opinion, you know, other people who know me may not think this, but I feel like my career skyrocketed. I was then considered an executive because as opposed to perhaps a VP, because I was participating. I was authentic. I was standing up for people and doing things that I believed in were right. Um, where before I was probably fitting the norm and doing what I thought I needed to do. Oh my gosh, this is a key learning. And I guess I haven't fully grasped it yet, even though my experience is pretty long. I feel like I have a lot of experience, but I still haven't fully embraced that. And I am very open and honest and trying to be self-aware of that because I would love to do that. But from, you know, the back of my mind, there is always, you know, that little voice that says, and what if, but I'm trying to, to fight back that voice and say, what's the worst that can happen? Absolutely. And I do think there's one thing that, that early, so I graduated from school in the eighties. Um, and at the time there was a recession in the States and my job was very, I mean, even in architecture is very insecure. Architectural firms go with highs and lows. If you don't have projects to work on, they lay people off. If they've got a huge project, they hire just for that. And so I always, always, always had to have my resume ready. I always had to continue networking. And I think that helped me to get over the fear of what if. The worst case scenario that that little voice on your back of your head talks to you about, what if you get fired? You know, what if you don't have a job and you have all these financial expenses? And that is a very valid voice. But if you really are networking, you have a resume ready, 
you have confidence in what you're doing, you'll find another job. Uh, definitely. And it's not about, you know, being reckless or taking risks that are not worth taking. It's about knowing your worth, knowing what you bring to the table and not accepting less than, um, which I think it's completely different than just going around and telling people, ah, you suck or you're a complete idiot. It's not like doing stupid things. It's really taking full accountability for what we can bring to the table and understanding if there is space at the table, right? I completely agree. And I also would say that there are a lot of people who will brag about their achievements um, and brag about themselves to make themselves feel much more secure. But this isn't what I think you and I are talking about. This is about knowing your own value and what you can bring. Yes. And what I've seen over the years is that the people that bring the most value are often less vocal about it because they think they will get notice. They think that the achievements will speak for themselves, which is true to a certain extent, but at some point it won't be enough anymore. I agree. I agree 100%. And it's unfortunate because you would think that managers could see that and highlight it for them. And that kind of goes into a different area where you really need um, those people who support you and help you gain that confidence for those achievements so you know how to speak to them yourself. Definitely. And one more thing, it's about also, you mentioned building the network and keeping your CV updated, but it's also about um, finding for yourself sponsors that can vouch for you, that know how you work. And it may be awkward at the beginning to just, create those connections, but those are the, the things that can really impact your future career because in the end, um, there are many talents and there are many people that could do a job. The difference between knowing people, people trusting you, building that not fake trust, but true trust that it's based on the value that you provided. I think that makes all the difference. I agree. I, I have this funny story to talk about trust. I, one of the acquisitions we did, um, I wanted to do learning or I'm sorry, listening um, sessions with the people that were being acquired by the company I worked for. And um, and these were all levels of people from the manufacturing plant um, floor people to um, individual contributors, managers, and, and executives. And I wanted to conduct them because I didn't want um, any voice to be kind of um, unheard or translated in a different way. I wanted to hear exactly what people were saying. And so everybody was coaching me um, to let somebody else do these sessions. I was a VP. I would scare these people. 
you know, they'd be too afraid to say what they think. And I was like, you think really? I mean, I don't know, maybe, but can I try it first, you know, before we jump to that conclusion? And so, you know, we get into the room and I'm the one taking notes and it was all about building trust. It was all about me saying, listen, I'm the only one listening to this. I'm not going to, I don't even know your names. <laughs> so I can't say who you are. I can say how you feel. I can say, we've got to take this into account, but I'm here to listen. I'm not here to tell you anything else other than to hear what you have to say and to repeat it back so that you think I've gotten it. And as soon as I got done with one session, you know, the word got out and everybody's like, oh, I want to do those too. So it's all about trust. Yes. And so how do you build that trust with people that you're not very familiar with? What are some of the things that can help you, you know, finding those sponsors and finding those people that can trust you? Not even just sponsors, but at all level of the organization. I think it's important to have the right trust and the right connection. What are some of the things? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. I think, you know, trust takes time and it gets built over time. And you have to be willing to uh, listen more than you talk. You have to be willing to um, take the time to not inflate yourself in front of others. You have to ensure that people think you're authentic. You have to continue to prove yourself over and over. You know, one tiny mistake can sometimes eradicate all the trust that's been built. So, and 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 when that happens, you have to apologize. You you have to be really there for who you're talking to. Um, you know, there was one time I was um, in a I don't want to call it a training session, but we were rolling out new cultural values, and so they had asked all of the leaders to go and do these sessions to talk to people about why these values were important. So I went to a site that I did not work at to do this session. And um, it was a number of engineers and R&D folks. And um, not to generalize, but a lot of them thought very linearly and, and had a very structured way of thinking for the most part. And so I was like, help me understand that. And why do you say that? And I would ask questions to go deeper with why people were resistant to what, you know, we were talking about. And, and somebody stood up and said, you're weak as a leader. And I said, okay, um, so why do you think that? And they're like, because you keep saying, why do you think that? And help me understand that's weakness. And I said, well, that could be your opinion. I said, but I think that's strength. I think that's me being empathetic to understanding you deeper instead of telling you how to think. And so it doesn't mean that you have to agree with the individuals to build trust. 
it's to be open to another way of thinking, not only for yourself, but to challenge them in the same way as well. And it's funny how the listening part comes up on top of basically any other skill as you go um, and you grow in your career because listening becomes more and more important and at all levels, not just listening to the levels up, but as you say, to, to the people really working with you, to everyone in the organization. And I think what struck me about you was really that openness to any good idea and your willingness to just support someone that you didn't know anything about just because you thought that the idea was good and that it was worth the time to listen to it. Yeah, and and I think you you might be hinting about our relationship and how we got to know each other. And I will just say the thing, so so without going into a lot of detail, but you had an idea that was brilliant. And it was nothing that I had ever thought about before. And I was like, we need to make this more well known as to what you were doing. I, I, I told the CFO, I told the head of HR, I was like, this woman is amazing. And so like, you inspired me. And I think that's what work is all about to inspire each other. That's what, that's what gets you engagement. That's what gets you long-term people who want to stay, even though they've been there to recreate and reinvigorate and energize people. It's, it's just, I get so excited about this topic because it's really about helping others. It, it comes down to that. Now you're doing it for money. You're doing it for the health of the company. But the reality is you're working too many hours to sit there and do a dull job and not be helping other people out. Oh my gosh. And you mentioned engagement. I, I think that one of the things that engaged me into staying in the company for so long was really having that voice, feeling seen and heard and knowing that ideas can come up from all the different sources. And since then, I think I have tried to be that kind of person for others. So, I'm sure you have been. I feel positive of that. <laughs> and one thing that I, I was thinking about, there was this quote I don't remember the quote exactly, but basically it's not about your title or uh, who you are, or but it's really how you make people feel. Yes, yes that is a very famous uh, Angelo, uh, and, hang on, I'm going to get her name wrong. I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> yes, definitely, because I love that quote and today I can think of, of the correct quote, but it's really impactful because... Yes, I agree with you 100%. Okay, here it is. Uh, Maya Angelou, people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. It's so powerful if you think about it. Even the smallest interaction can have a butterfly effect on someone else's life and development. Absolutely. 
going a little bit back on your work with change and all the things that you have learned about how people um, accept change or can try to accept change. (laughs) (laughs) What are some of the things that you use to help people embrace a little bit more change? Yeah, that's that's an excellent point. And I am so happy that change management in in and of itself as a career has started to become um, much more understood and appreciated. Um, And I am certainly not an expert in this field, but I do think that um, people who are going through change and maybe it's their first time or maybe they're exhausted with change or they're just, you know, resistant have to really be understanding of the why. Why are we making this change? I think a lot of leaders focus on here's what we're doing, here's how we're doing it, here's the time schedule, but they never really focus on that compelling story of why is this important? Why is this important to the company? Why is it important to you? Why is it important to your team? And and that has to be the focus. If people can understand the why, they don't necessarily need to be told the how. They do their job. They know what they're doing. Now, if it's a change of how they do their job, absolutely. They need the upskilling or the training or the coaching or the shadowing. There's so many avenues to figure out the how, but really it's more, more, so much more important for the why. And thinking about change on a more personal level, thinking about the internal journey that we started with, um, how can we trigger that internal change when we not necessarily see the need? Uh, um, well, I, you know, I'm always a believer in if you don't, you, you don't know what you don't know. Um, and so if people are, um, if you have that network or that set of trusted, uh, trusted confidants that you can really get feedback for yourself, not not a 360, not a work performance thing, but really just like what I call your own personal board of directors. Those people that have your back, want the best for you, care about you, know you in various settings. And, and just say, you know, what do you think I'm stuck on? Where, where do you see I have opportunities to continue to grow? And then take all that feedback, decide what you like, discard what you don't like, and make a plan. Make a plan for yourself as to how you want to continue to change. I think the other thing is when when opportunities come your way, don't discount them. Be open to them. You may think you're not qualified. You're probably more qualified than most people. Otherwise, the opportunity wouldn't have come your way. So being open and really having that uh, board of directors, as I call it, of confidants, I think are two ways. I love the idea 
of the board of directors, uh, of the personal board of directors, I need to build one. Where do I start? Who do uh, I ask? Ask me on your board. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, are you signing the document? <laughs> because I'm hiring you. <laughs> Uh, okay, so you ask the people you trust about. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Because they have your heart. They have your best in mind. They have good intentions. You know, there's nothing um, ill-conceived um, that hopefully you will receive from people you really trust. And we get back to that topic of trust again, you know. <laughs> it's really incredible through my conversations that I had on very different topics. There are the same topics coming up in terms of skills, in terms of things that you can do. And just considering where you are now, I mean, amazing career. What are the top skills that you would suggest uh, a young very ambitious, high achiever to develop first? Wow. Uh, you're asking some really tough questions now, Tiana. I think, so young, ambitious. Um, you know, I think that young and ambitious people are great because they have so many ideas um, and they are really in touch with the current world today, so much more so than um, I was, because there's so many more outlets of information and connections that can be made that are available. Um, you know, I look at some of the um, protests in Iran and, you know, they're not stopping. And it's an amazing thing to see. And it's also a disheartening thing to see, you know. Um, but for people to get back to the, the topic, I think um, making sure that you are combining that ambition um, and that drive with what the company needs for you to do and making sure that your voice is heard in a way that is well-respected and you come across as an authentic individual beyond just, I'm trying to take care of myself. Um, because there are so many people who want to get ahead, but the ones that I see actually getting ahead are the ones who have grit and determination and a need to succeed for others. And I think taking into account everything we discussed about up to now, the listening part, getting your boards of directors to help you out, all those things can be built from the start of anyone's career. Absolutely. So we we may have got to that later <laughs> in the career, but people just starting should have access to that, should build that from the start to be able to really be grounded from one side, but also 
somehow empowered by the feedback. I love the way you just said that. I wish I had said that. That's amazing because it's it's grounded and empowerment. And when you've got the right balance of both of those, I think you can go far. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. This discussion this was amazing. Was, exactly. It was so fun. <laughs> and we should definitely do it again. I can't wait to have you again on. <laughs> I'd be happy to. I mean, the topics, the deepness, deepness, yeah, of the discussion. I think there are so many gems here. So if people could take just one gem from this discussion, what would you suggest to that to be? Short, sweet, do it. Thank you so much, Katie. It was really a pleasure to have you with us. Thank you. Take care. This episode is over. However, you can like, subscribe and follow for more content. And I'm happy to announce an amazing giveaway. For every like and share, you will gain five points. Tag me on social media or send me a screen. And the top three engagers until end of December will have an amazing opportunity to work with me. First prize, two sessions of 45 minutes each to brainstorm and set up your 2023 goals. Achieve anything you want in the new year with my strategic support and review. Second prize, one session of 45 minutes to review your 2023 goals and one follow-up feedback via email. Third prize, share your goal via email and get feedback and suggestions in one week.